Man, how y'all feeling now? Something about the presence of God. Um, if hell is anything like my week, I'm happy I'm saved. Oh, do I have a witness, somebody in here that understands what I'm talking about? I'm happy I'm saved. It has been three weeks. I mean, we were having a debate in my house yesterday what day it was. That's how long it's been for us. I mean, uh, our family has really been through it. And uh, when I planned to preach this message, I didn't know I would be going through what we went through as a family. And it's a message I wrote, uh, geez, six years ago. And it kind of just popped back up and, and uh, God said, preach it. And it's called Life Interrupted. <laughs> Those of you without power know what I'm talking about. It's interrupted. It's a life interrupted with the subtopic of encourage yourself. Come on, do me a favor. Act like back in the day they had a song, uh, E-40. Y'all might not know him, the prophet E-40. He, he had a song that said, I keep a mirror in my pocket and I practice looking hard. And there was a whole generation of people that walked around with mirrors in their pocket and they practiced looking hard. So I want you to take your spiritual mirror out your pocket right now. Put it in front of your face. Come on, just do this. And you say, self, be encouraged. So I want you to keep a mirror in your pocket and I want you to practice having joy. And keep it in your life. And so we're going to dive into this text and, uh, in 1 Samuel that I think is very appropriate for now. It's 1 Samuel 30 verses one through six and and let me set the stage for this this is david and his mighty men went out to war to fight a battle uh, before i do that i want to thank uh bishop for being here with us today thank you for being here with us uh, it's an honor i never want to uh, not give honor to where honor is due. Thank you for laboring in the gospel and paving a way for people like me who probably don't know half as much as you forgot. So uh, thank you for being here, and it's an honor. So just don't don't correct me until I'm finished. All right, I'm, I'm going somewhere. Uh, but in First Samuel chapter thirty, this is a story of David and his men. They went out to war. And they had they had a great victory and the victory that they, you know, sometimes we can go out and do things. And it's at the high point of our lives where we're like we're on a mountaintop. Things are going good. I finally turned a corner in my career. I finally turned a corner in my marriage. I finally turned a corner in my health. I finally turned a corner in my finances. And, you know, uh, fake Christendom will tell you that because you are doing the right thing, everything is going to be all right. But what if I told you it's in the mountaintop that you struggle the most? The higher the elevation, the thinner the oxygen. And so therefore you have to work harder the higher you go. And the higher you go in a strategic in a strategic war, because I want to tell you this anchor, we are in a season of warfare, right, Michelle? It's war. 
And the enemy has declared war on us because we were too passive to declare war on him. And I want our church to be prepared for war. And the higher you go, Pastor Lee, the more exposed you are. <laughs> yeah, you, you want followers on Facebook. Well, deal with the criticism. <laughs> you want to you want to reach your community. Well, deal with the haters. Yeah, you want to have a good marriage. Well, deal with people telling you, you, you're, you, you are laying down your right by trying to allow the peace to be in your home. And so this is what's happening with David when they come back from war. And it picks up right here. It says this. And it came to pass that when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag had and smitten Ziklag. They, they invaded and they destroyed Ziklag and they burned it with fire and had taken the women captive that they were therein. They slew not any. They didn't kill them. They didn't kill them. They, they slew not any. He said, either great or small, but carry them away and went on their way. And so David comes back. And his men came back to the city and behold, I like that word behold, like behold means like I came home and my power was out. <laughs> behold, I came home and my wife or my husband have packed up and left. Behold, I went to work and my job was no longer there. How many of you ever dealt with a behold in your life? Like I, said, I know, I know I'm in the right place. And it says, and behold, it was burned with fire. Now they just came off this big victory. Woo, come on, let's go. Not quite like LSU, right? Y'all, I get depressed on Saturdays when they lose, y'all. It's bad. So I turned it off and started playing video games that I know I could win. <laughs> but, and I, but I heard my kids in the front and, and Michaela and all of them going, oh, so stupid then y'all got mad and went to bed i heard doors slamming i was like they feel me finally and he says and then burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive then david and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept this word wept uh in uh, the language when you begin to really dive into the word wept it's not a sitting down and just it is a a loud cry it's 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 similar all right so i i told i'm a nerd and so i love bruce lee i love like bruce if bruce lee walked through that door y'all church over i'm just saying but i love literally because he did but anyway but i love bruce lee man those of you who are 35 and older y'all remember kung fu on sundays you have your church socks on you're sitting in front of the tv you're watching kung fu now we got shang chi you know which i hadn't seen yet andy you, have you seen it <laughs> he got a new baby i can't go see a movie <laughs> we're gonna see it together all right but uh but you know, so but the thing is this, that, that word weep is the same sound that Bruce Lee makes right before he strikes. It's like it, it, it's, it's summoning something so deep within you that you didn't even know exists. 
and it comes out in a moment of explosion. And so it was something inside of them that they did not know exists. So we read it like uh, they wept. And, and, you know, everybody talk about the shortest scripture in the Bible. Jesus wept. It's the same thing right there. People think Jesus was crying and bitter. No, Jesus was. ah! He was screaming in such agony from a place that he did not know exists. And there's some of you in here right now, you're smiling behind the mask. I know that you're in here, but I know behind that smile, there is madness and there is a scream that's on the inside of you. Um, Marvin Gaye said, it makes me want to holler. It makes me want to scream and scream out to God and all the stuff that's happening right while we're burying my nephew yesterday who died from senseless gun violence. My mother-in-law calls my wife on the way to the um, to the committal service at the graveyard saying that there was a shootout right in front of her house where someone was shot. And I said, I'm sick of this. It should get to you. The state of our society, the state of our community. And so we, we, we're much like them. We're just weep until they had no more power to weep. Let me speed up. And David's two wives were taken captive. Ahonam and the Jezreelite and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed. Can I be real like I haven't been? Y'all know I'm transparent. I kind of, I'm going to keep it real, Pastor. Y'all, I ain't good. I'm preaching through pain this morning. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm in distress. I'm much like David. We look at David as the dynamic psalmist, but David suffered stress and distressed and he felt attacked and that's where I am but it's something about being in the house of God something about being in worship and for and why was David in distress he was in distress for the people spake of stoning him now these people he led in the war they didn't want all these battles they're supposed to be his boys. They're supposed to be his friends. They're supposed to ride with him through everything. I'm close to you, David. I got your back. Let's go slay the nations. Let's do this. As long as he win, 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 no matter what, I got you. But the moment they come back and face a traumatic situation, they turn their back on them. And they talk about stoning you. How many of you have had have friends turn their back on you that you had to turn and say, God, please help me through this? But I mean, you know, you have a friend that stick close to their brother's name is Jesus. Because watch what David does. It says, because the soul of the people were grieved. You bag a dog in the corner, he going to bite. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But watch this. David did not plead with them to love him. David did not say, just give me another shot. Give me a second chance. Come on. I, I, I promise I'll make it up to you. I, I'll make it up to you, Andy. I'll make it up to you, Roland. He didn't say, I promise I'll do it to you again. What David said, the scripture says this, but David encouraged.
encouraged himself in the Lord. Listen, when you go through heartaches, don't look at people because they will let you down. They may not have all the answers. They may can't talk to you the right way. They may can't give you the therapeutic recreation you have. But I'm telling you, if you will lift up your eyes to the hills from which cometh your health, you will find encouragement in the Lord. Do I have anyone in here that need encouragement? I dare you to look up in your time of need. Look up. I'm looking up right now, guys. I'm looking up. A few years ago, I had the opportunity to serve in Assumption Parish. They had a tornado that destroyed Assumption Parish and I had the privilege of being the first one on the scene. And as a pastor, uh, you know, Bishop, as a pastor, you know, when things happen, you always on your ride there. You coming up with everything to say. Right, Lee? You know what I'm talking about, Lee. Uh, it's like I'm, I'm rehearsing what I'm going to say. You know, like these people just lost everything. I got to come up with the right thing to say. And God will. You know, I got I got to get my Bishop Jake's on, you know. What's up? Get ready. Get ready. Get, 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 get. I'm just saying and so we, we come up with all these great things and I get my best Joel Osteen joke ready you know I'm, I'm, I'm ready you know uh, and so I, I was ready to go down and minister to them but I found something very unusual that happened there so I hopped out of the police car and I seen a guy his trailer was thrown across the road and in this trailer he had twins his wife was stabbed in the side by glass they had to rush her off to the hospital he didn't know whether they was going to live or die. The twins had glass all in their face and this man was bleeding from his arm and I walked up to him and I had my speech ready. I was like, hey brother, how you doing? He said, I bless the Lord at all times and all that within me, I bless his holy name. I didn't know how to respond. I'm like, well, hallelujah, brother. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. But what I found as we went house to house, because we were tarping roofs and feeding people and doing all these different things, much like you, Avante, right now, and, and, and you're tarping, and what you're finding is that, that these people who knew Jesus didn't care about the material things. They were more concerned that God just gave them another chance. And I'm going to share this testimony about how God brought me out. You looking at what I lost, but I'm looking at the opportunity. And it encouraged me that they knew that they can encourage themselves in the Lord. Look at this statement. When life interruptions happen, we have a choice on how we respond. When interruptions happen, you have a choice on how you respond. Say, I have a choice. Are you learning something? I know I'm preaching at y'all today, but I, I'm telling you, I'm a man fighting bees right now. Y'all got to excuse me. I, and if you don't like it, I'll get a little bit more indignified than this. I got to praise my way through this one. Come on. Not time to sit back and be all cute. Come on. I had a cute outfit picked out this morning, too. I took it off. I said, nah, I'm feeling grimy. We have a choice on how we respond when things happen in life interruption. John C. Maxwell says this, one of the major keys to success is 
to keep moving forward on the journey, making the best of the detours and interruptions, turning adversity into our advantage. Let me give you Christianese. He say he'll make your enemies your footstool. A lot of you think the footstool is just to relax on, but when I use a footstool, I use it to go to another level. And so when interruptions happen, it's a divine sign that there is another level that's getting ready to happen in your life. How many of you went through hell this past week, went through hell in your life, experienced some things in your life? I'm here to tell you that God is getting ready to elevate you. And I speak that over your life right now because I told the enemy, I said, you should, I, I said this on, um, on my, my Facebook, those of you who follow me, I said, you should have took me out before I made it to Sunday. I press through stress. I press through depression. It don't matter. I got people like Kevin on my side calling me. Elder, Elder Barbara calling me. I got all these people surrounded by me. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to pull my bootstraps up in the Lord and I'm going to preach and fight the devil. And, and if he walk out, hit him in the head with the microphone. I just. Somebody say, encourage yourself. The common response to life interruptions is this, exhaustion. In our rally time, God just had me speak this over our team. You may be weak, but God knows your heart. He won't put more on you than you could bear. You may be weak. God knows your heart. He won't put more on you than you could bear. Exhaustion. Don't get weary in doing good. Because due season is coming. And you would reap if you faint not. I know we're getting ready to do a grand opening next week, and y'all should have saw our team this morning, y'all. I promise you would think somebody drugged them out of a sugar cane field. It was just like, oh, I'm tired. And I know my team is tired. But don't get weary in doing good, Anchor. Don't get weary in doing good, Avante. I'm telling you, it's going to be amazing. Don't get weary, Vic. Don't get weary. It's going to be good. Y'all ever see that? Maybe, yes, probably. I hate these masks. I don't know whether they're saying yes or no. Yes. Come on, you're a preacher. You got a big mouth. You preach louder than me. The number two thing that happens when life interrupts your heartbreak. Heartbreak. Someone dies prematurely. You get diagnosed something horrible from the doctor. A family member takes a turn for the worse. Your financial situation just don't line up. You get denied for that loan. Your heart get broken because it's an interruption. It's not a part of my plan. I had a plan. This is what I'm about to do. Step A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and then I'm going to get the results. But when interruptions happen, we respond with heartbreak. Number three, we respond with anger. Just get flat out mad. This anger. But the Bible says be angry and what? Be angry and what? 
So God gave me a revelation that I was sharing with my brother because he was angry when we were going through. I lost my nephew and my brother was angry. And I said, man, listen, I said, you have every right to be angry. But I said, you don't have the right to execute judgment. I said, the reason he says be angry and sin not is because anger is a natural emotion. And we're a spirit to have a soul that lives in the body. So we have emotions. So guess what? I can get hurt. I can cry. I can be heartbroken. I can be angry. But when I execute on anger, and this is for all you guys who have anger problems, when you execute anger, you rob God of his position as judge. And so you replace God. Therefore, it's idolatry. That's why acting out anger, cussing folk out, cutting them off on the road. Come on, telling them they're number one. <laughs> yeah. Exhaustion, heartbreak, anger, grief. We grieve. Um, as we mature as a church, I want to start a grief recovery ministry. Because in the church, we don't learn how to grieve. If anyone... All my elders know this week. I, how you doing? I ain't good. I cry on your shoulder. I tell you, I'm not good. I called Michelle the other day and just broke down on the phone. And she prayed for me and God answered her prayer. Hey, if you need prayer, answer, call Michelle. God answered that night. My daddy hard-headed. That rascal went to the hospital soon as I hung up from you. It's crazy. Million bucks. I'm just, I know it doesn't work that way. I'm sorry. But regret, <laughs> regret, regret is disappointment in an outcome, and we're not called anxiety. Say anxiety. So all these things happen when interruptions happen, and at times we go through some things, others will come and encourage us. We do have people around us to encourage us. There's people that I just named all these people that encouraged me through this season. And, and uh, you can probably name people in your life that encourage you at the lowest times. That phone call, that weird phone call, people you hadn't heard from in a long time just call you. How you doing? And you just. Y'all know the ugliest cry ever. You know, you just start crying and you're like, why did this phone call happen? I don't know what's up with this phone call. And they call it and they encourage you and they just say one word. And you're like, oh, I needed that one. And you, you got encouragement. But I have a question for you. Um, what happens when everyone around you discouraged? We have pastor's friends in New York and New Jersey, and when the storm Ida hit, they were calling down, hey, man, we're sending trucks. We're going to take care of you. Two days later, we get in an all-access group. They showing pictures of them flooding. What are we going to do now? And you know people in New York ain't got uh, F-150s. <laughs> ain't no Cajun Navy in New York. <laughs> I called one of them. I said, now, all y'all, all those years you laugh at us when it's snow and we can't drive, I'm laughing at you because you flooding and you can't swim or drive a boat. I, I, payback. 
First Thessalonians 5.11 says this, therefore encourage one another and build up one another just as you are also doing. Hebrews 10.23-25 said this, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. You think he was going to come to anchor and not hear that word? Our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate or stir one another uh, to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling ourselves together, as is the habit of son, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. This type of encouragement comes with the benefit of being in godly company and in fellowship with other believers. And let me drop a bomb on 21st century. This is also a result of being connected to the local church. This is also a result of being in the community of faith. We cannot neglect the local church. It is important church. It is important. Those of you are watching online, I know some of you have just circumstances. I don't know when or where you're watching, but the word of God is timely. Man, find a church. Get connected. Find a community of faith. Get plugged into an anchor group. They're going to be everywhere. So get plugged into an anchor group. Do something. This is a part of the encouragement. But in the midst of all the turmoil, verse 6 says this, but David encouraged himself it's cool to have you encourage me but when all of us having sucky days and i can't call you i called you to complain but before i can complain you get me <laughs> all that's been there before right like i'm about to call you to complain and and all of a sudden you're like Man, how you doing? You know, you got to go to the preliminaries because you don't want to just dump on them. You know, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing great. How was your day? Ah, oh, cool, man. What y'all ate? That was good, man. Let me tell you what's going on, man. Let me tell you what's going on. <laughs> and before you know it, like, I don't know. I won't tell them what I'm dealing with. <laughs> I mean, so what do you do in that moment? Who encouraged David to continue on? David encouraged David to continue on. But David had something in him that his army did not know was the principal thing. Look at this statement. It's great to be encouraged by others when we face adversity. But at times we have to encourage ourselves in who? The Lord, like David did. David didn't find encouragement in his own self. David encouraged David, but David didn't find encouragement in his own self, but he found it in the Lord. And so the spirit of the Lord is inside of all of you who name Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The spirit of the Lord is inside of you. So when you go through things, you have my privilege and you have my 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 just encouragement. I double dog dare you when you're going through things and situations are tough to just take a moment, take a pause for the cause, a break for the shake. Let's go out to the kitchen and look in your spirit and say, self. Be encouraged. 
I dare you. And watch Holy Spirit was like, I've been waiting the whole time just for you to ask me for help. I'm the paraclete. I'm the comforter. I'm the one that came after Jesus. I'm the spirit of the living God. I'm ready to act on your behalf. And all of a sudden you say, self, be encouraged. And all of a sudden you feel like my wife, there's a song called The Comforters Come. And my wife ruined it for me because she said that song, The Comforter Come, reminds her of a comforter walking towards her. And then it just wraps itself around. I'm like, baby, that's scary. I don't know how holy that vision was. If I see a comforter in my hallway, I promise you, all y'all going to be left at home by yourself. Be like them cartoon characters. This is all y'all going to see in the wall. Somebody say, self, be encouraged. You may be going through some things or facing some things, but know that you can find encouragement in the Lord. Who wants to know a few ways to encourage yourself in the Lord? All right, let me give you a few ways. Number one, stand on the promises of God. Somebody say stand. You got to stand on the promises of God. Remember, God's promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And so if God promised you something, your situation may not look like your promise, but the promises supersede your situation. Well, <laughs> but your situation is not the reality. You got to come back next week to hear about the lie. You got to be here for the opening. We're starting a series called Limitless, and I want to talk about the lie, limited ideas entertained. And so sometimes we buy into the lie of our circumstance and we entertain it. Come on. We entertain that idea and then that idea become our reality over what we know God promised. If God promised you your marriage was going to be good, your marriage going to be good. Because God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he has to repent. Everything he says has to come to pass. I believe if God sneezes blessed, everybody going to be blessed. Because he's that good to himself. He cannot lie. God was just like, light. Light was like, I'm here. Water, get off the land. Water was like, I'm bagging on up then. I don't know. That's why it's so, mm, you know why hurricanes are tragic? Because it goes against the natural law of what God commanded in the beginning. Water wants to invade where God said it never should be. That was free. Number one, stand on the promise. Number two, re reflect on past victories. One of the tools that I noticed that we put down in this 21st century church is meditation and journaling. We don't journal. We don't write down the victories that God has given us, that headache that he delivered you from, and now you have another one, and it feels like it's the first time you ever had a headache. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's like every time you get a migraine, it's the first time you had a migraine. Every time you and your spouse have an intense time of fellowship, because we don't argue, Anchor. We fellowship intensely. I've never had an argument with my life in our 22 years of dating and 19 years on Tuesday of being married. Hey, beautiful, lonely girl. Church over. 
But we wrote down. You keep playing. You all right? Keep playing. You good? Play metacrationally. Yes, metacrationally. And we're gonna we're gonna get it together. This is our first week. I was supposed to be playing, but she kind of passed it. I ain't gonna do you. Got to do you according to. We got it. But I remember. I remember um, when we planted our first church, Madison. Man, I don't even remember this. And something tragic happened. We were supposed to have church, and we walked into church, and someone has stolen all of our equipment, all of our chairs everything and we were standing in an empty room on a Saturday on a Saturday morning you remember this baby and man I remember I just fell to my knees at the altar and I just was like God come on and Madison put her hand on my back young Madison very young Madison huh yeah she's about four four she put her hand on my back he said, Dad, we've been through this before. God's going to do it for us again. This isn't a loss. This is an opportunity. Four-year-old daughter. Remembered the goodness of God. And was able to pull back on past victories. Because the same God that delivered you yesterday is the same God that can deliver you today. The same God that healed you yesterday is the same God that can heal you today. How many of you received that this morning? That God doesn't change. He is still Rafa. He is still Jaira. He is still El Shaddai, Jeskanu. He is still God. He is still Elohim. And he'll never stop being that God. So you need to begin to reflect on what God has done before. Whether it was a little headache. Whether you found, a, found money on the ground to get a meal that day or something. That same God that provided is the same God that's going to provide for you again. And again. And again. And again. And again. And again and again and again and again and again and again so we never have to be victims of our situation but I'm just waiting on the victory to manifest that's what I'm waiting on the next one is think of others to encourage yourself in the Lord think of others I was telling someone yesterday I was like man this week has been hard for you pastor what you gonna do I was leaving the funeral home and it's like what you gonna do I said, man, I got people depending on me. I can't lay down. <laughs> I can't lay down. I can't give up. I cannot not preach this gospel. It's like, how are you going to preach your nephew funeral tomorrow? Easy. There's people depending on me. We had over 30 people lift their hands and give their life to Jesus yesterday at a funeral right here in this place. Boy, y'all don't know in the clap, do you? I'm talking about 30 people that don't know Jesus at all. <laughs> right here in this place. But what if I'd have laid down and not think about others? I had to encourage myself. I had to find something in me. If I quit, who does that decision affect? Husbands, listen to me. Don't lay down. Wives, don't quit on your husband. Children, don't quit on your parents. Parents, don't give up on your children. I feel that. Parents, don't give up on them. 
the seed of righteousness you planted at their young age is just waiting to blossom. Come on. And it's going to happen. The next one, important one, I just told an example of prayer. Prayer. Prayer encourages us. The Bible says in Philippians 4, it said, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to who? And what? The peace of God, which surpass all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds. In who? David encouraged himself in who? Christ Jesus. But it, it, it says the Lord, but it's Adonai. It's the same word that he used to describe the Messiah, the, the, the Mashiach, the, 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 the Yeshua HaMashiach. It's Adonai, the Lord. Jesus is Lord. This was, this was the Bible saying that, hey, look, there is somebody that's going to take ownership of this junk. And he's responsible for taking care of it. The next one is sing praises to God. We sing praises to God. You ever notice when you tired, wore out, depressed, or receive an interruption in your life, you want to get quiet? You just want to get quiet. And I did this yesterday at the funeral, and the Lord just told me to do it again here. I want you to take 20 seconds and get indignant for Jesus and lift up your voice. Go ahead, take 20 seconds right now and just begin to shout to God with the voice of triumph. Come on, right here, just right in this moment. Come on, Dante, give me some. Come on, just shout to God with the voice of triumph. Come on, I dare you to shout. Shout in the midst of this storm. Shout in the midst of your hurt. Shout. Even if you don't understand what's going on, shout. Come on, make your neighbor uncomfortable. Come on, just lift up your voice to Jesus. He is worthy of our worship. He is worthy of our worship. When we lift up our voice, in fact, just listening to worship music would help you greatly. Saul was struggling with the evil spirit and he said, somebody find me a minstrel. Where he at? Where, 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 where he at? Where, where the minstrel at? Somebody find me somebody. And his, 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 his servant walked up and said, I know a boy named David. I heard him getting down on that harp in the, in the sheep field out there. I can go grab him for you. And he said, go get him. David comes in. And I don't know what David was playing. Could have been playing cool in the gang. We don't know. Bible is silent right there. I have no clue. But whatever he played, the Bible says that the evil spirit left Saul. The next one is Bible study and med meditation on the word of God. Guys, put a premium back on reading your word. Read your word daily. Now, your routine don't have to be wake up in the morning, get your coffee, sit at the table, lay my Bible out, Get my devotion, put it next to my Bible. Put my prayer shawl over my head. Sit down at the table and ching. open the Bible, whatever page it falls on in the morning. Oh God, this is it. This is the one. 
Most of the time you'll fall into a strain eisegesis of the text <laughs> when you do that. But just open it up and just read it. I promise you, digest it. And when it's time for the vitamin of that scripture to be used, it'll come up and it'll be used in your body. But we have to become, um, we can't be like the children of Israel before Josiah became king. The Bible says that when, before, when Josiah became king, they could not find the word of God. And the Bible says Josiah walked right into the temple and was like, here it is right here. They lost the word in church. That's why we use scripture here at Anchor, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm a Bible preacher. <laughs> we won't be a biblical illiterate church. We're going to have a word. Because I could give you philosophy. Y'all want one of my philosophies? Okay, here, here's number one. Don't go outside with your shirt off when it's lightning. Beware of cows when it's storming outside. Raining cats and dogs doesn't literally mean cats and dogs are falling. Sharknado is not real. <laughs> See why I don't preach my philosophy? Welcome into the mind of your pastor. Ask my wife. This is how I really think at home. She'd be like, I'm glad you know the Bible because you are silly. Romans 15, 14 says, four, verse 4 says, For whatever is written in early in times was written for our instruction, so that through the perseverance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have, come on, anchor, say our word, hope. Come on, stand to your feet. And bet not none of y'all say I went long today because I don't care. I got something on my chest I had to get off. And I believe it helped you today. Did it help you? But I'm closing now. It literally says conclusion. Now that you know what to do and how to do it, the choice is yours. As it was for David to be victorious at times, you're going to have to encourage yourself. have to encourage yourself in the Lord victory and blessings follow David because if you continue to read this narrative I don't want to just leave you on a cliffhanger if you continue to read that the Bible says after he encouraged himself in the Lord he gathered his men up and said we're going to recover all and everything the enemy took from them. As a result of him encouraging himself, they got it all back. Watch this, intact. 
intact. It wasn't, it wasn't destroyed. It wasn't broken. It wasn't, I mean, it was intact. But what if David would have sit there and just, oh, woe is me. Oh, is me. Is it me? Oh, God, they're going to kill me. They're going to stone me. Lord, you promised me I'm going to be a good king and lead. They would have stayed there. And then eventually everything that they had would have been destroyed. But David said, self, be encouraged. Listen, Proverbs 18, 10 says this. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous does what? And what is the result? They're saved. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are saved. And so in this season, when life interruptions happen, I'm telling you, you can encourage yourself in the Lord. And, and the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Look, the devil can come and huff and puff and try to blow your house down but the house that is the name of Jesus will withstand any storm of life will withstand any sickness will withstand any pain any distress any emotional trauma anything right now I just feel like this and, and, and uh, come on just close your eyes and lift your hands and I'm gonna get out your way Kevin over there itching that's why he's the executive pastor He's doing his job. But today we're going to have to fight. <laughs> He'll probably win right now, though. Some of you in here, there's three things that God put on my heart. Some of you are dealing with past emotional pain. I'm not asking you who you are, but you know who you are. And, and for some reason, it just keeps coming up. Every time something happens, it just keeps coming up. And you get depressed and it sends you on a spiral. God said today you're getting ready to be encouraged. There's some of you who experience e emotional or I mean e emotional trauma from relationships. People who said they had your back, people who said they were with you, but then all of a sudden they walked out of your life unexpectedly. And they left you standing there. You was like, man, they we're going to be friends to the end. But now all of a sudden you look around and, and they're not around. As a matter of fact, they're the ones attacking you the worst. And the Lord said, you getting ready to receive encouragement. And number three, there's people in here that don't know Jesus. You know of Jesus, but you don't know Jesus. And he said, for the first time today, you realize that if you have the spirit of Christ on the inside of you, everything that you've been facing that you thought you had to fight, you didn't have to fight from a place of a defensive posture, but you can get on the offensive because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's why David could encourage himself in the Lord. Those of you watching online, it may be one of you in here. And I just want to pray this blanket prayer over you. And do me a favor, if that was one of you, go on our website, send a, send a note in to us. I don't know how they do that, Kevin. Send a note in, they can fill it out. Let me know, because I want to be praying for you. This is my season of intercession. I want to be praying for you. So come on, just lift your hands. Father, I thank you, God, for today. Father, I pray, God, now that the word not only lands on them, but it penetrates them. 
God, I pray now, God, that as the word goes into them, Father, that they'll be encouraged in the Lord. God, I come against past pains, past hurts. God, to where people feel emotionally stunted, that they cannot grow and go to the next level. God, they felt like they are less than, but God, I declare that they are greater than because you are encouraging them in the Lord. Father, I pray for those who have emotional trauma from past relationships, whether it be a spouse, whether it be a friend, whether it be a family member, God. I pray, God, that you heal that family, heal that, that friendship, heal all those things. God, allow them the courage to move on, God. And Father, I pray lastly for those who may not know Jesus Christ. Father, I pray today that they make a decision to make him their Lord. Make him Adonai. Make him the Mashiach Hamash, Hamashiach. He's Jesus Christ, our Messiah. Father, I pray for those that may be watching this somewhere else. Let them feel the love and the power that is in this place, God. And I pray, God, that as we leave this place, that your presence will be with us and we will know that there is hope for every soul in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Come on, give God the best shout that you have in your heart. Thank you for joining us for this message. If you'd like to learn more about Anchor Chapel or support our ministries, you can visit anchorchapel.com or follow us on social media at Anchor Chapel. Have a great week.